Welcome back to the Better Men, Better Ball Player Podcast. I'm your host, Trey Cobb. I want to thank you for joining us here on our 77th episode of the podcast where we get a chance to talk to Joe Palumbo, head coach of Archbishop Spalding in Maryland. Coach Palumbo is going into his 10th year as the skipper of the Cavs. Cavaliers, Joe Palumbo is the former University of Maryland baseball player where he's leading the Spalding program to three consecutive MIAA a championships, number one rankings in Baltimore Sun in 2014, 15, 16, as well as a top 50 national ranking in USA Today in 15, 16, and 2019. In 2014, he was named Coach of the Year in the Baltimore Sun, Anna Rundle, Capital Zet, and Co-Coach of the Year by Varsity Sports Network and the Maryland State Association of Baseball Coaches. 2016, he was awarded the 2016 Anna Rundle County Capital Zet Coach of the Year Award, and in 2021, they won the MIAA regular season championship and was selected to the Anne Arundel County again, Coach of the Year. He's now coached 38 players that have gone on to play collegiately, either Division One, Two, II, or Three levels. Coach Plumbo has a great reputation, uh, built a very strong program at Archbishop Spalding, who the MIAA is one of the arguably the you know, one of the most competitive, ultra-talented conferences in high school um, in our area, uh, the Mid-Atlantic area. It, it, it's just it, year in and year out. And he talks about it in, in, in the show. I mean, they're seeing 90 nearly regularly at the high school level. And it's just ultra-competitive and it, it, it's extremely um, tough. And he talked a little about how his practice has changed, how his preparations changed, and how they're, you know, molding and evolving based off of the talent and how it continues to stay competitive, very competitive. So um, just goes all, all, all throughout a program. Coach Palumbo is a, a full program coach, and we get into basically his full year starting from the fall, even the things he tries to do in the summer through his camps and through his lifting, and um, but we get over his, his yearly program and and touching base about his standards as well as getting into little things of what he's doing at practice with his base running and with his infield defense and just hit the ground running with the conversation. It was a lot of fun and, you know, was looking forward to the conversation for a while and glad we got the hook up. And so uh, I think you're going to enjoy this one. Be ready to roll. Uh, feel free to check him out. Um, he puts his email on the show as well as following those guys on Twitter. So another great follow is also with our netting pros guy, man. Um, if you haven't, you're not following Netting Pros or Will Minor and Netting Pros, they're, uh, they're, perf- they're improving programs one facility at a time. Netting professionals specialize in design, fabrication, installation of custom netting, backstops, batting cages, dugouts, scoreboards, BP screens, and ball carts. They also design and install digital graphic wall padding, windscreen, turf, turf protectors, dugout benches, dugout cubbies, and more. Well, mine are the Netting Pros guys. They continue to provide quality products and services to many recreation, high school, and college fields, facilities, and stadiums throughout the country. Contact them today at 844-620-2707 or info at nettingpros.com. Visit them online at www.nettingpros.com or check out Netting Pros on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn for all the latest products and projects. So again... Can't thank Will Meyer and those guys enough being part of the Netting Pros family chat. If you haven't checked all those other guys out, again, follow those guys on Twitter. And 
Like I said, Coach Palumbo, great follow on Twitter, Archbishop Spalding, Cavaliers, Severe Maryland. These guys do it right, man. So, without further ado, here he is, Coach Joe Palumbo. Tenth year coming up, and I always say tenth year, but ninth season, unfortunately, with oh, 2020 true. being canceled. But yeah, uh, yeah, been at Spalding for ten years. Right, very cool. And you were there for your, with your dad before that, right? Uh, so actually, we were not there together. Uh, obviously, he was the head coach in eleven and tw- and twelve, um, and I was not on his staff um, or anything like that. In fact, one of my best friends, Will Smith, was uh, on his staff and and helped helped out and. He when he left to go be the, he's the principal and president at Pilate High School now. Okay. And, um, so when he so he, he got that job you know pretty early on in the school year even before the baseball season started. So it was well known that 2012 was going to be his last year uh, coaching there. So everybody kind of st- started asking me like, "Are you going to apply?" Um, and like the first person I asked, like, "No, nah, I don't think so." But then like so many people asked me, I figured. You know, I might as well, might as well apply. And uh, at the time, I was 26 years old, <laughs> so I was like, I don't, I'm not sure I'm going to get this job, being, you know, fairly young um, in the big scheme of things. Um, but you know, uh, at the time, the AD Jeff Parsons, he was in his, he just finished his first year, uh, and I was his first hire at Spalding, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, you know, I, w- I would say he took a big risk, just not really, you know, he, the Palumbo's obviously whereas my brother graduated from Spalding and my dad coached here for a couple of years, but just me being young and with no head coaching experience at that level to speak of, I uh, kind of, he rolled the dice and, you know, I'm very thankful uh, uh, for that to this day. So, um, and been there ever since. Yeah. Yeah, for sure, man. I mean, it definitely made a good move. I mean, it, it proofs in the pudding, but yeah, you're right, man. But that, at that, that level, because like, Man, what is I've come to appreciate, you know, and especially because of my new perspective now and taking a step back from my team in high school, like, you know, and my double A is just crazy competitive, you know, and it is it definitely is a different level than the public schools. And because, you know, what you guys can do and, and guys that get to, get to come in there and how you guys can like run a full program and things like that. You don't have the restrictions. You know, the MIAA has a couple restrictions here and there. Don't get me wrong. Um, but, you know, you guys have a lot less handcuffs than the public schools for sure i think um you know i, I yeah I'm, I'm grateful for that and it has helped um i think elevate our league as a whole um for you know the past couple of decades but yeah you know i, I you know i think the public school players kind of get a, it's a disservice to them that they can't be with their coaches as much as they probably want to and the coaches want to be with them and you know i i would hope for for their sake that you know the public school association but maybe revisit that rule um, and, and let the coaches work with their kids a little bit more. Yeah. Or even just like you got, you know, you got the schedule, like what, what typically is like a schedule, like a, a normal schedule that quote unquote average games that you would have in a yeah. season. We have averaged close to 30, you know, in my, my years there. Um, and that's including a you know handful of playoff games, but yeah, we, we you know, we scrimmage a couple of scrimmages are in early March and, you know, we try to, pick up with, you know, we had 16 league games this year and we were very fortunate that our school and let us kind of play a full, full slate of games. So we picked up games, WCAC schools, we'll play St. John's, we'll play DeMatha, good council. We picked up a game with Malvern Prep from Pennsylvania, Benedictine and Richmond. We put a doubleheader with them. So, 
you know, we, we look, you know, we look, we look to get around that 30 game mark as, as often as we can, obviously weather being the, uh, an issue sometimes, but yeah, it's, it's, it's cool. We get to play th- three games a week, sometimes four. And, um, you know, our, our guys like competing and that's obviously what they, they want to do. So, um, that that's, it's a lot of fun. Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that doesn't sound like a lot of team, you know, maybe a lot of games with somebody down South, but like for up here, like it's a lot of games, you know, like yeah. the Northeast playing starting in March, trying to be done by June, you know, like it's a lot of games and it's awesome. I actually talked to Tommy. I gave Tommy like uh, Martinsburg, West Virginia, Jefferson, West Virginia, gave those numbers. I can actually forward you those numbers as well. Like those are great places to go, even just to go play the great facilities, let alone their stadiums. Um, and then let alone the, just the competition that they always have. Like they're really good. And, uh, and those guys are always looking for out of conference games as well. Okay. Yeah. Virginia, great. Those guys play 40 games, you know, West Virginia, they play a ton, <clears throat> you know, but well, cool, man. This is this is awesome. Um, you know, we'll get into whatever you kind of wanted to get into, like kind of wherever the conversation rolls, man. Like, I mean, I just I've always like I said, I've always just like looked afar from you guys, you know, and especially when you guys had that run. What was that three? What was that three years in a row? Was it four, 15, 16, 17? Is that what it was? It was, it was 14, 15, 14. and 16. Yeah, and then uh, 17, we were knocking on the door actually, and yeah. we were the two seed and we were playing, hosting the winners bracket championship game. Um, at our spot and Loyola, Loyola was hot. They got hot at the right time. And, um, my Mike brought them in and it was a great game. They beat us five to three. They had a really good team that year and they went on to win the championship. So we were knocking on the door in 17 too, but, uh, yeah, 14, 15, 16, we were, yeah, we, we were on fire those three years, a lot of great players and, you know, great coaching staff to, to coach them up. So. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Like, like looking at, like, look at spotting, um, like I said, I have like an outside looking in. Like, what do you feel like is the the, the best thing about your program? Um, I think our our our, our standards are really high. Um, and I think you know one of the one of the bullet points you had on the on the note sheet was just culture. I think it, it's a great word, um, and it, it's a word people throw around a lot. Um, and what's important about it is learn, you know, learn how to build it. <laughs> you know, yeah. you can have bad culture and um, you know, I, I've been a lot of, on a lot of baseball teams as a player, as a coach. And um, it's kind of, it's easy from the start to realize, to, to see, you know, is this a good culture? Is this a bad culture? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this, the, I think the standards of a program are at the core of its culture and um you know, we, we have a, a culture of high standards, a culture of excellence. And, and that goes beyond the field that, you know, I'm when I took the job at Spalding, um, I interviewed for the baseball coaching position first. And in that interview, I said, if I'm going to do this right, I would love a position in the school uh, because my standards for the for the student athletes are going to be high across the board. And if I'm not in the school with them to uh follow up and make sure they're doing things the right way in the classroom and the weight room and the hallways with their uniform. Um, to me, it doesn't matter what I tell them in the baseball field because, uh, you know, you build off of the small things. And, um, I think over time we've been able to build a culture of excellence and high standards and that is known to the players. Um, I, th- I think it's tied to recruiting. That was another bullet point on there. Um, you got to make that very clear in the recruiting process. We, we do not hide, that we have high standards at Spalding. Um, and we want people 
we want families, we want parents, and we want student athletes that are attracted to high standards. Um, that way they're not surprised when they get there. And when I hold them accountable for the first time for their shirt being untucked in the, in the hallways, um, you know, at a private school, like that's something that is important, believe it or not. And, uh, you know, so just when they, when I hold them accountable for those small things, they're going to realize, okay, when he does that on the field too, you know, that's just the ex, the, the, the standard that is here. And I have to make sure I'm, I'm working to that standard, um, as often as I can be. And our, and our players, they know that they understand it. Um, after a certain amount of time of being in our program, they appreciate it. They might not like it at first as freshmen. <laughs> um, in fact, they might have frustrations about it by the, by the time they're juniors and they see a little bit more how the world works, um, both on and off the field. I think they come to appreciate like it's, it's, you know, they're a part of something special because of those high expectations and those high standards. I, I, just a, a coaching thought is how did this, these standards come to be? Is this something that you kind of gave the kids um, I'm kind of thinking of in terms of that, like, is it like, just looking at how you did that, how did you build that? Yeah. Uh, so we, we have a little, like, we have a little theme, I guess, mission statement, you know, it's very brief three C's it's character commitment and champions. And you just kind of, you start with the end, like, Hey, do you want to be a champion? And I tell them like, that doesn't mean necessarily we're going to lift the plaque at the end of the year, every year. Right. But what it means is like other people, um, want to be around you. Other people are attracted to the, you know, the attributes, uh, your, 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 your attributes, your, the things that you, uh, the way you live your life. Like that's what it means for, for me, right. To be a champion is you are producing good things day in, day out in your lives. And, um, in the short term, in the long term, right. Well, that starts with character. How are you making decisions? You know, are you doing it with your family in mind? Are you doing it with, your, your teammates in mind, or are you doing it with, you know, selfish aspirations, right? Um, you know, how are you acting when I'm not around? I always tell that, I always tell our guys, if you're only working hard when I'm around, you're doing it wrong. Right. And, 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 that, and that, like, I, I can only take you so far. So I, I can get you good. Right. But if you're not working behind the scenes, it, it's hard to be great. And again, that, that kind of carries on to every, every aspect of life. Like you got to be making good decisions, um, you know, when nobody's looking, you got to be hitting the weights on, on a Saturday morning when nothing else is going on. Um, and, you know, you got to be committed to it, right? You got to be committed to that high character way of living. Um, and I let, I add a little S in that parentheses to commitment, uh, because I also tell them if you do those first two, right, you're going to have an opportunity to play in college if that's something you want. So you might be committing to a school that you don't want to go to that you dreamed of going to. And again, if, if you're living a high character life, if you're making good decisions, if you're committed to that on and off the field, you know, that's what, that's what makes you a champion. So, you know, we, we, I might not lay it out like that all the time for them to, you know, just latch onto, but it, it's a process. And I, I, you know, I have to harp on them very regularly. Like it's going to get hard, right. They had their first, the freshman had their first day of school today. And I kind of asked them, met with them, afterwards and i said you know was today i said are you guys tired right now and they all raise their hand i'm like today was the easiest day of high school you're ever gonna have like you had classes for and that that's it you get to go home now um i said so you know just remember that you're gonna get tired it's gonna be hard 
and it's going to be hard to make those good decisions sometimes. It's going to be hard to stay committed, but what is the end result you want? Um, you want to be successful on and off the field, like you, you got to stay committed to it. So that's, you know, those three C's as you know, it, it adds up to that fourth one, which is culture. Um, and you know, the, those expectations. So I think it now in, in year 10, it's certainly the easier to have those conversations with the guys, um, with the track record we've had year one and two being 26, you know, and my seniors being 17 and 18, you know, they might have rolled my, they might have rolled their eyes and just say, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm a senior. I've been here for four years. So I might do it my way. Um, you know, thankfully we didn't have that. They could have, um, but we had some good seniors and juniors that year. And, you know, we won a championship in 14. And I think it's just progressed since then. Um, and the parents are very helpful in, I think, seeing, the success of the program. It's not, it's not, you know, I kind of have to, I have to prove myself to the new class coming in every year. Like they can look at the championships and the college commitments. Um, but at the end of the day, like they want those things to happen for them too. So I can't hang my hat on what happened in 14, 15 and 16. We want to do that again in 22, 23, 24. Um, so I got to work hard too. Like I have to be doing those things. It can't be all talk. I got it. That, that's like I said, I wanted to be in the school to show them, you know, how to, how to operate, how to be a good teacher, how to be a team player. You know, I'm married with four kids. Like I want my players to see that I'm a person of character with my family as, as well. So those three words aren't just baseball words that they're, they're, you know, how we live our lives, how I strive to live my life, how I strive to live my life and how I want the players to do it. And that obviously breeds success on base on the baseball field too. Absolutely, and getting better people. Absolutely, and be better person, be a better baseball player. Hundred <clears throat> percent. That's awesome, man. What a great way. We're, we're freaking rocking. You know, you just put down and roll and put down the smoke right away, man. That's awesome. Um, I guess the thing is, like, so, um, you know, what was the evolution of the three C's? Was it like something that you kind of started right away, or did it kind of take a couple years? And I look, we're just hanging our hat on this, like year five, and we've got it. You know, you got it in your classroom. Yeah. See, that's the thing. It's, it's not something I have in their face all the time. Yeah. Um, it, it's honestly just kind of something we, like, I just kind of thought of in the last couple of years is like, yeah. it, it, you know, we need something short Yeah. Um, that the, the guys, you know, if I just say character, they, they know what I mean. Right? Yeah. You say, Hey, I need you to be committed to, to this process. They, they know what I mean. Right. And obviously we talk about championships a lot and, and, and goals, and, um, you know, and at, at the, like at the end of the year, this year, right. We didn't, we didn't win. We, we lost to Gilman, right. It was, it didn't end the way we wanted it to end, but I told them you're no less champions in my eyes. Like you guys did everything I asked, uh, you know, coming off of last year, it would have been very easy for our seniors to say, yeah, you know, I, I don't know if I want to do this anymore. I don't know if I want to be committed. I don't know if I want to get in the weight room during COVID, but they all worked hard. Like, and, and that's, that mentality is, is what's going to make them successful in life. Uh, it's what's going to make them successful in college on the field. So, you know, it's, it's not something that we're like plastering all over our dugout. It's just something that on a daily basis, we are talking about in, in different ways. Um, and, and there's something that they can bite into behind it. Right. Mm -hmm. So like, if I say character commit, you know, championships all the time, Eventually, that run that runs its course, 
and it doesn't have the same impact on the guys. But mm. if we are giving them lessons on what character is, if we're giving them lessons on how being committed, what it looks like, you know, uh, and, and obviously examples of great people that have had success, you know, in different areas of life, then that I think drives the point home of the messages we're trying to send to our players um, to, to be successful on and off the field. Awesome. So like you talk about classroom settings, you know, like, so are you talking about classroom settings that you're trying to bring that out or is that just part of practice or are you totally separate things? Yeah. Everything all the yeah. time, weight room, you know, it's like, like, you know, it, it's all encompassing. And that's, what you mentioned earlier is because we're in a, a private school league that allows us to have weight room sessions and, you know, a couple practices in the fall, you know, during the week, um, you know, we're, we, we do have classroom sessions, you know, you know how it is in baseball in March and February in this area. Yeah. Like, you're in the classroom as much as you're on the baseball field, the first month of the season, it feels like sometimes right. you got to get creative. Um, you know, and, you know, shown videos of Lou Holtz talking to Texas football or, you know, uh, you know, Inky Johnson. There's a lot of different things you can do to inspire kids um, in the classroom setting. But then when you're on the field, like whether it's just taking practice seriously all the time, you know, playing, playing practice at game speed, like that's what commitment looks like committed to getting better every day. So it, it's not something you know, we, we are bringing that in, in both set, both settings, both settings for sure. And, you know, and even when we talk about the classroom setting, like legitimate in, in at Spalding, like it's a challenging academic school, like what, you know, how you got to be, how, how do you have to be successful? What do you have to do to be successful? So, you know, it's, uh, I, I know my guys probably get tired of me talking about the weight room and the classroom, but it's, you know, those things are important. And, um, you know, if they want to go past Spalding in terms of their baseball career, um, those are things they need to be committed to. So it's a, it's all encompassing. We, uh, you know, one of my assistant coaches is an English teacher at school. So, you know, they sometimes don't like the fact that they have two coaching, you know, coaches on their holding them accountable in in almost all aspects of their lives. But I think our parents appreciate that. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Speaking of that, like weightlifting and stuff like that. So, um, is that something you, you try to keep that all year round? Are you able to is your weightlifting program all year round? You like to do that, and how does it change throughout the year? Yeah. Um, so our weightlifting, we we are very fortunate. We have a full time strength conditioning coach at Spalding that works with all of the um, all of the teams that want to utilize him. So yeah, we'll start we'll start lifting. We actually had a couple sessions a week over the summertime. Um, nice. Yeah, that's uh, it's a little bit harder to manage just because the way, you know, you know how travel ball is nowadays. Yeah. People are traveling all over the place in different times in the summer. So it's kind of just opened up uh, to anybody that wants to do it twice a week. Uh, but we'll start uh, normal years. We'll start full go, uh, you know, second week of school in September. We'll go three days, three days a week, pretty much up to Christmas break. Take a little, a little bit of a break then. Um, and that first, that first couple weeks, our strength coach tests them out. Where are they? Um, how strong are they? Because he will then make a program specific for each guy and what weights to be doing for each exercise. Awesome. Yeah, it's 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 pretty sweet. Um, 
And it's actually, a, so it's more of a early fall, later fall, it's more of a general strength building. Um, but then as we get into this, you know, later winter approaching trouts and then the season, it gets more movement specific to baseball, a lot of core work, shoulder protection work. Uh, it's actually been awesome for injury prevention uh, as well. So, and and he talks about that a lot, our strength coaches, you know, the, the movements are designed to protect you from injury. So, you know, we talk about how if you do, if you do things wrong, it can have a negative benefit, you know, a negative uh, reaction and it can cause harm. So we want to, we put a huge emphasis on movements and doing the exercises the right way and then building strength once the movements are where they should be. So uh, yeah, it's, it's one of our programs that we take very seriously. I'll be honest, when I got to college um, at Maryland, I was, uh, and I, I tell our guys this, I was not prepared for the weight room. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it was a rude awakening, and it took me a while to get kind of caught up to the rest of the freshmen, much less the seniors that I was competing against. Um, and I just, you know, told our players when I got to Spalding, I said, I, I never want you to feel like I felt my first day at the weight room at, at, at Maryland. So we're going to put an emphasis on this um, so that you guys are the most comfortable people in the weight room when you get to your college campus and not the most uncomfortable person in the weight room like I was. That's smart. That's smart. I mean, that's just the way that has you has it always been like that? Is that I guess since you kind of had that feeling, have you have you been able to utilize this program since the start? Yeah, we, we've uh, pretty yeah pretty much since year one. Wow, um, the program itself has evolved in a number of ways. Uh, the main one being since my first year at Spalding, we have pretty much completely renovated the weight room space to make it more of an athletic uh, you know weight room. We have you know platforms, squat racks, two sets of dumbbells, um, and that was that was all done. I want to say year four or five when I was there. Mm-hmm. And then we've had some great additions in terms of the staff that was, that was hired to, to run the weight room. So, um, you know, the emphasis on it has been there from the get go. Uh, the resource and the efficiency of the program itself has, has I think gotten exponentially better since our first year. Yeah. So I was wondering, like, uh, have, are you, do you have to be as hands-on and say, Hey, I need this guy's program, certain things, or is it basically with the staff? Now you just kind of let them, you just kind of help facilitate. Yeah, we, we meet. Um, so I met with the strength coach, the head strength coach for the, uh, the first time in early July, probably mid July. Uh, and we just kind of discussed some of the things that we wanted to accomplish. Cause we have, obviously it's a, it's a wide range of, of guys in the high school, right? You know, you got, Freshmen have never touched a weight before. You have seniors who have been doing it hardcore for for two years and are strong and and physically more mature and and ready for probably whatever the coach is going to throw at them. So we we are cognizant of that. And we obviously put a little bit more emphasis of form and and movement with the young guys. Um, And so he he has a feel for who those guys are. And I kind of tell them, you know, we're, um, you know, who can do a little bit more, but at the end of the day, the goal is the same injury prevention, strength building for for everybody. Um, so he, he puts together the program, right? It, it is his program. He's very mm-hmm. knowledgeable, certified strength coach. Uh, he actually interned um, and, and did some college baseball work um, 
prior in his prior experience. So we are very blessed to have a guy like that running our yeah. weight room. And then I am just there to, yes, help facilitate, keep eyes on the guys. I, obviously, my experience in that is just by doing it in college and then being in the weight room with the guys and learning from our strength coaches the past 10 years um, and, and just making sure the guys are spotting each other, making sure the form's right. So I am at, I would say, 99% of our lifts, um, just making sure guys are doing things the right way. Yeah, that's nice. Super nice. Good about you? Are you um? How do you um? I guess you manage because you have others. Do you have guys? Do you have guys playing a, a multiple sports, different sports? We do. Yeah, I um. So that, that's kind of goes back to my playing days and my background. So I, I am one of four four boys, right? My parents had four boys, and uh, you know, we competed each other. We competed with each other at everything. And we, whether it was soccer, flag football, wiffle ball, basketball in the backyard. So we just loved playing sports. So that then developed a love for everything. Um, you know, me and two of my brothers played basketball and baseball in high school. My oldest brother played soccer and baseball in high school. All four of us played division one baseball. One of my brothers played basketball and uh, baseball. So uh, we, uh, we, we love all sports. I am a, I'm a big believer in multi-sport athletes. Um, you know, as much as I love baseball, I think some guys benefit from a break and yeah. playing basketball. Um, I think that you can learn different things from different coaches. I think you can learn different things from different sports. Um, I think there is a, uh, I, I think a football player or a wrestler or a hockey player, learns physical toughness better than they can on a baseball field. Like you got to be physically, sure. physically tough to play baseball, but not as physically tough to play football or, or, or wrestle or, or play hockey. Um, you know, I think I was a really good infielder because I had to play defense on some of the best basketball players in the country when I was in high school. Right. So my side to side movement became really good because I had to play defense, right? I had to learn to slide. I had to learn to, to cut quick, that I think made me a better shortstop, a better second baseman. So, um, you know, I support guys wholeheartedly. Some of some of my best players at Spalding have been three sport players, actually. Um, so, you know, I encourage it. Um, hold my breath a little bit when they're playing football. It's not fun to watch some of your best players play football on Friday nights, getting hit by big big guys. But um, uh, you know, it's you know, we we are a school of about 550 boys in a co-ed school right and so we we need our best athletes playing multiple sports if we want our programs to be successful and that's been the case you know since i've been there with some of my best players oh for sure no i agree i mean i i, I was a big soccer player i played soccer as well as basketball i remember playing Tremon, uh tremaine robinson from spotting who was unbelievable uh played against him and i went to Goretti. So okay. I played in the BCL. So yeah. uh, Tremaine Robinson back in the day was uh, unbelievable from spotting. And um, yeah, that's definitely, man, there's definitely parts of that. You know, you think about even now, like a lot of guys are bringing in the soccer ball to hit because, you know, your plant foot, the way that you kind of like, you know, drive through your front leg is kind of like how you kick a soccer ball, you know? Um, so there's a lot of cross training like that that people get into, but um yeah i was just um just wondering how you get into that because that's that's always a challenge in high school you know like you you're not gonna have everybody there you got guys in playing sports and play those sports and things like that so 
it's definitely something that's challenged. For sure. My, my, you know, there, there's some, I believe in it, but believe me, it has its negative. Even my, my younger, my younger brother. So I'm the third of the four. My younger brother went to Spalding and played basketball and baseball. Very good baseball player. He was already committed to George Mason. Uh, he, he tore his ACL in senior year basketball. So he missed his whole senior baseball season. So like, that's the kind of thing that's in the back of your mind. Obviously you never want that to happen, but mm-hmm. um, but you know, at the, at the end of the day, you got to let the kids also do what they love to do. So I, mm-hmm. I love, I loved playing basketball. Like I, if I was not five foot 10, I, I might've pursued basketball past high, past high school, but you know, I was a little bit I was built a little bit more for baseball and, but I, I love playing basketball and I, I just, I personally knowing how much I loved playing basketball, like I would not have liked if my baseball coach told me you can't play basketball. So, right. you know, just understanding that and, and, you know, they want to play, they, they play, if they're good enough to play. Yeah. They'll play. No, I agree. No, I agree. I do. I love the game. If you ask me, like, you know, what up sport? I mean, I love to play basketball. Baseball was just some place I could go full farther, knew the game a little bit more. But yeah, I was definitely built five five on a you know five five six on a good day, but mostly five five, you know. And uh, so yeah, basketball was definitely something that was very tough, but it was just a fun game, fun game to play, and and uh, a great game. So I, I agree. But yeah, just just knowing what those challenges are, you know, when you have guys and especially at a smaller school or guys, yeah, our guys are going to play multi sports and, you know, and you, even though you have the luxury of working with kids all the time, they're not always, you know, you're not always going to be there um, just for the fact of they're playing other sports. Right. (laughs) So, so really cool, man. Really cool. Um, uh, When you're saying you were talking about like, just like with your, younger kids and so when you so you've gotten through like your year like you've gotten through like your three days a week up till christmas break will you then transition like into like your baseball workouts i mean you, i know you have fall ball right now too so what i guess what is your timeline then with fall ball like how do you how do you kind of uh do they work together like hand in hand like with those three days a week so will you go certain fall ball too to a certain time like how does your time I'm okay like that yeah so we'll um we'll start some we'll, we'll take advantage of the those time slots that we're allowed to have with the guys on the field too yeah and so we'll, we'll have like an offensive day we'll have a defensive day throughout the week um on the field in addition to those three weight room sessions uh we'll do some speed and agility work as well um explosive movement work with our guys throughout the fall yeah and, and the we will we we will shut down the baseball activities at the, at the end of October um, and then kind of refocus to the weight room again. Um, that's when that's one of that's when the weight room sessions get a little bit more rigorous. The guys are done playing the fall ball season. You know, they're not traveling anymore on the weekends, not as much, at least. Um, we'll get in uh, in past years. We've mixed in like a yoga session with the guys as well, get their flexibility up. And, and you know get their body in right positions as well so that'll take us up through midterms which we have you know christmas break really obviously you know take a break for christmas break a couple guys might do some optional lifts over over the break when we get back in january uh we start the baseball activities back up again so those you know the, the build up the throwing program build up for pitchers will start we'll go uh, indoors two days a week again um 
until the middle of February. So that's the other aspect of our league that is a little bit different. You know, we mm-hmm. we're, we we start in mid February with our tryouts. Now we might not be inside, but we can go five days a week at that point, regardless of where we are, uh, to kind of get ready for our 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 game season. So, you know, we'll we'll go uh, two days a week indoors somewhere if, if it's you know, the weather here is always questionable. So it might be sixty five degrees on a January day. So we'll go to the field and get in the cages if it's nice outside. If not, we'll go inside. But that'll pick up. Uh, mid-January after our mid after our midterms. So once midterms are over, we start our baseball activities again. The weight room really never stops until, you know, even in the season, we try to get in there once a week. It's hard sometimes, but we, we try to keep even that going through the season if we can. Where do you find time to do that? Like you find time to do it like on like rain delays, you try to do it in the mornings or just maybe after games, like the next day? Yeah, so that that's – that's been our probably biggest challenge in terms of just scheduling, yeah. getting in there. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll try to get, if the forecast doesn't look good. So I always joke, I said, baseball coaches are, are I said, they're, they're part weathermen too. They got to predict the, the, the weather sometimes to set up pitching or yeah. weight room sessions. But um, so yeah, if, it, if it's, you know, not looking good weather wise, I'll reach out to the strength coach and say, Hey, can we get in there? Um, and take advantage of that time. Some guidance it just might be, um, you know, a Sunday afternoon potentially. It might be after practice one day, just to get a. And at that point, it's more of a maintenance lift. It's not we're not going heavy. It's a it's a deep stretch, you know, lift more than anything. So, um, but that that is that is hard to find time for that in season. Um, you know, I, I'm I'm a big believer in getting good sleep. So we don't do too much morning work at, at Spalding, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I want, you know, they're still growing. I want them to get that seven and a half, eight hours. And, and, uh, if I'm getting them up at five o'clock in the morning, you know, some kids are taking three AP to quit, uh, three AP classes. And so we do, we do our work in the, in the afternoons and evenings. Um, mm-hmm. so we do not do too, too much morning work, but that would probably be the best solution to be honest with you. Um, that is what a lot of coaches decide to do. And, you know, it's it's not. I'm not against it. I just, um, you know, it's not something that we have done in the past. Yeah, and it's understandable, you know, especially as like you said, it's an academic, challenging school, and you know your kids. You know your kids better than anybody. So, yeah, it's super, super good. Um, Al has like you know looking into like the. I'm just thinking of because I just know you know when you're inside you know we have to be creative uh, during that mid January like I said you get you guys get a chance to go outside when you might have it but like um what do you guys tailor into like that build up kind of like your on ramp stuff has that how has that changed throughout the years have you gotten to a certain program do you buy into certain philosophies like how what take us through a little bit of what does that look like because you know in the northeast it's really important you know um especially cuz we're inside so much you know, and guys are shutting down, like you said, during like the January, you know, November, December, January months. And how do you bring your guys back up to get ready for that? What March, mid March yeah. games? Yeah, mid March, second week of March is when we start probably non conference games. But yeah, it's a, it's a great question. And we, we have gotten creative. Um, I think that's probably where I have evolved the most as a coach is. Our, our indoor work, like how can we be productive? How can we be efficient? How can we develop our guys inside? Um, I, I think, you know, outside, a lot of, a lot of great baseball guys, it, it's, it's easy to have an outside practice. You know, 
how good can your indoor practices be? Um, you know, so, you know, coaches, I think if you can evolve and adapt to being indoors and, and really get good work in that, that can be a separator for, for programs. So, you know, our infielders can get a lot of work in. I, I essentially design my infield work that you, you don't, you don't need much space. Like you, you could do it in your garage and, and be ready to go play games in March if you really had to. Um, obviously, Everybody likes getting fungos and, and that nature, but you can work hands, you can work feet, you can work exchanges, you can work a lot of different things uh, in a small space. So um, that that part of our program has definitely evolved in terms of, of hitting. You know, we we go back to the basics every every January, you know, foundation, separation drills, launch position drills, med ball drills. Uh, into top hand drills, into short bat drills, uh, into front toss, gap to gap drills. Back, I always tell our guys, if you can't backspin seven out of 10 balls to the back of the cage, I'm not sure if I can keep you on the team. Because So we do a lot of tee work, ton of tee work. Once you're backspinning balls off the tee, then we can move the front toss. Um, once we can pepper the top of the screen on front toss, then we can move to, to overhand, overhand. Once we can do that, then we can move on to the machine. Once you're timing up the machine, then we're right now. Now we'll go to live AB. So that's kind of how we build up and progress on the offensive side of the ball. Um, but yeah, even then we'll, we'll, we'll do live ABs inside, you know, it, it, because that, that brings up the next part of the, the equation though, our, our pitchers. So our, our pitchers, I, I, we, we are lucky. Uh, one of our alums is an awesome pitching coach. Mm-hmm. So while I believe in our, our pitching coach, and he's an alum as well, our pitching coach is a great pitching coach. Um, our, one of our alums is a private pitching instructor in, in the state, and he, he works with a handful of our guys in the offseason. Um, and he's somebody that I trust. He, he does a really good job of, of keeping them learning, developing, um, not, not overusing them uh, leading up to the season. So they, a lot of them kind of build up. On, on their own into that, into that January. So that when we get to that, they've done their, you know, a lot of them are on drive line on their own. They have their weighted balls. They have their, their, uh, uh, they, they have their band work. So that's obviously something that they're do, they're doing leading up to the season. Um, it's hard to long toss. It's probably the biggest challenge of that indoor. Same thing is like, you know, convince your guys yeah it's 35 degrees but you probably we need to get outside and and start extending a little bit um even though nobody wants to be out there because eventually we need to get into flat ground work right and then the flat ground work for a couple weeks in in you know mid to late january then we get into short bullpen work then we get into longer bullpen work and by the time we get into march you know, we're able to have them throwing an inning or two in an inner squad. Um, our pitchers first starts are 45 max and they're yeah. out. You know, it, it, it could be Cal- like our first game was Calvert Hall this year. We, we scrimmaged Malvern Prep, like I said. Our first game game was Calvert Hall. And mm. <laughs> I think everybody knows those games have been pretty awesome over the past, you know, past couple of years, past couple of decades, really. But, um, so you want to win, but at the same time, yeah. Like at times, as coaches, we got to pull ourselves back and say, "Hey, this is game one of sixteen in the league, one of thirty, and then 
got playoffs after that. Like you want your best guy sharp at the end of the year. So our guys go 45, they're done, you know, maybe, maybe 50 finish the batter, whatever it is. And then we'll build them up to 70 after that, maybe their third start to 70. And then we get them to 95, you know, and uh, I think we had one guy go over hundred this year, just cause uh, it's kind of our philosophy and, you know, we've kept our arms healthy for the most part. In fact, I, you know, I always knock on wood. I, I can't really remember a serious arm injury in terms of our, our, our pitching staff. So it has worked in, in, in the past years and our guys tend to be better uh, at, at the end of the year and feel good and feel strong and feel healthy. Um, so I think that's because of the, the, the buildup work and the, the, the staggering to, to that long, long start. Yeah, then mixing in the the good width and program that you guys have year round, you know, like that's that's definitely very helpful for sure, just the recovery process. But yeah, like and most people are just gonna still run guys out there for their first game and not care. And it's great that you guys have a plan for that, you know. Like you just and especially in our area, you know, like it's it's cold. That first game could be thirty five degrees, you know. It's the wind chill could be ridiculous, and you know, yeah, it could be seventy two, but um. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, there's days where it's just bitter cold. Yeah, and for sure. And, and, you know, sometimes get questioned and even the intercompetitiveness, oh, right, right. man, I want the, I want to run this guy out for, for the fourth and fifth inning, but you know, you, you gotta let the experience, you know, let the positive experience of, okay, we, we know this works long-term and, you know, like I said, we, we want our guys staying healthy and, and leaving healthy. So, you know, that's, that's been our philosophy. Awesome. Very cool. So you talked a little bit about like, I guess your offensive stuff and kind of how you're building up to that, you know, and I'm just thinking about, you know, is because you've had a, a good run of teams. So like has kind of your offensive philosophies kind of stay the same. It sounds like, you know, pitching, you've kind of had this process down, it's working, you keep it rolling. Is that the same kind of thing offensively? I mean, you know, things have changed throughout the years, you know, especially in the last 10 years, you think about where hitting's changed and the conversations that we're having now, like, how have you, like, have you evolved in, in that process? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think our general philosophy has stayed pretty consistent. Um, now our general hitting philosophy is what are you good at? <laughs> What gets you? What gets you on second base? What get you know? That's actually um, amen. So, you know, if you're a five foot eight speedster, we're going to teach you to bunt, right? We're we're going to teach you to handle the bat. Um, we're going to teach you to put the ball on the ground. If you're a six foot five lefty who can flick it out to right field at our field, we're going to let you try that for a long time and, and get you stronger, get you in the weight room, you know, mold the swing, get you on time, teach you how to hit breaking balls. Um, so it's not, you know, I, we talk about approach a lot. Um, we talk about getting good pitches a lot. We talk about what your job is um, a lot. So, you know, we have a general philosophy of, what can we make you good at? What's going to make you successful? So it's, it's not going to be the same for every guy. Um, and, and in fact, it's going to be different for probably everybody, but um, you know, our uh, philosophy really is just put pressure on them consistently, right? We're looking for quality at bats. We're looking for guys to be on time with their plan. 
right? Um, I always tell our guys, you have to have a plan and you have to stick to that plan. If you stick to that plan, there's a better chance that you execute that plan. Uh, if you execute your plan, there's a better chance to get a hit. And that's the bad thing about baseball. Off on the offensive side, you can do everything right. And, you know, shortstop catches a smoke line drive at him. So, um, but, you know, in terms of teaching, teaching, hitting, you know, we, we, like I said, we break down the fundamentals. Um, we, we get a lot of T work and, um, you know, we're going to, we're going to play the guy's strengths. If, if the bunt is going to help us win a game, one, one through nine can bunt on our team. Like some of my best bunders in the past years at Spalding have been our best power hitters just because hmm. they like, it's the, it's, it's a strange thing. Big power hitters. They like to show you that they can bunt. It's like, Hey coach, look at this. And they put down a perfect drag bunt. You're like, yeah, man, that's, that's awesome. Good job. So I said, you can, you can try that if you want a game, but you know, keep, keep hitting the ball off the net and right field. Um, that's right. And then the opposite guys, like the guys that I need to learn that need to bunt for base hit, they're trying to hit the ball as high as they can in the air. And you're like, no, we need, we need to switch this around. Um, but I think in general, your team should kind of guide your philosophy. Like if, if I take nine power hitters, in my lineup and I want them to hit and run and put pressure on them are probably not going to be very good. And if I take nine guys that are built like me and I expect them to hit five or six home runs and 10 doubles a year, we're probably not going to be very good either. So you have to, you know, as much as we we recruit and we do, we don't always get every guy that we want. So we have to coach the guys that we have and some are going to be five, eight speedsters. Some are going to be six, five power hitters. And we have to be able to coach offense to both of those guys in different ways to help them be successful. Cause that's going to make us successful um, in the long haul. And if you, you know, you can look at our stats to run score every year. They're probably very similar. We've done it in different ways each year. You know, we, we've hit home runs. We've hit 20 plus home runs in a year. We bunt with first and second, nobody out. 99 times out of 100 right like it, it just it just depends on who's up it depends on the roster that we have it depends on what weaknesses and strength guys have so um but we just we we want to be competitive in the box and mm. and uh you know so we talk like i said we talk about approach a lot we talk about the mental side of hitting a lot um in season because this is the first time for our guys offensively to where it's like it's 85 plus consistently, you know, yeah. and we've, we've seen 93 plus pretty consistently, um, you know, in the past few years in our league, which is awesome. And yeah. um, so that with, with that advance in, in pitching, the offense has to make adjustments. And the big part of that is the, the, the mental side of hitting and, you know, I, I can kind of go into a little bit more detail if you want me to, but uh, that starts with having an approach and yeah. sticking to it, like I said. Um, so it's uh, it's challenging to coach hitting to, to guys facing that jump in velo for the first time in their career. Like the guys in college, it's kind of expected. But at our level, it's like it's the first time they're really seeing it on a consistent basis. And you're kind of seeing how they handle that adversity um to to fail more more than they succeed in, in the box and then to help them overcome that with the the mental side and the approach 
where do you find the time to do that? Like within the mentality, is that something that you, will you segment it during practice or do you have to have a a separate classroom session? Yeah, we, we will, I will focus on that in practice a lot. Um, you know, and, and really, um, post, post game, we'll talk about it sometimes. Um, but really in practice, the the reason the post game is you, you can, take examples from the game and say, here's where our approach broke down, right? Here is, here's why we got beat in this situation. And, you know, some coaches might say, yeah, you do that after a game. I I do because it's fresh in our mind. It's, it's um, like, it's a teachable moment in my, in my opinion that like, here's why we were successful. Here's where we need to get better. Uh, Here's how, how we do that. Um, and then that way the guys kind of know the next day what might be coming at practice and they can mentally prepare for that. Um, but yeah, we, we will have, I'll take a group of guys. We'll talk about it. Um, it's still something we focus on in the winter too. Um, because that's something you can hone just, just like your swing, the mental side is something you can hone. I think your approach, um, you know, especially, returning varsity guys you know they might have had a they might have had a great year as a junior because they saw a lot of fastballs well what right. adjust, what you know what adjustments are you going to make now right how, how are you going to adjust to the adjustments that the pitchers and the other coaches are going to make and I, I always tell our, our players like the other coaches in our league they're really good coaches too you're mm-hmm. not you're they're they're not going to let you beat them the same way in a season like we need to make adjustments to their adjustments. So, you know, having those conversations early is important. Working on, working on hitting breaking balls, talking about hitters counts versus pitchers counts, talking about two strike approaches, um, what they should be looking for in certain situations. Uh, you know, all of those conversations are, are had during BP. We work on them during BP. You know, we have situational rounds um, based on count. You know, hey, three, it's three, one count here. And I'll ask, what are you looking for? So they have to tell me what they're looking for exactly. So I know out of the pitcher's hand, whether they should be swinging at it. So, you know, have a plan, stick to your plan. So if they're telling me, if they're telling me I'm looking for middle away fastball and our coach, throws a two seamer on the hands and they swing, I'm going to say you went away from your approach, right? Stick to your approach. It's, it's, it's never a bad thing to, to get beat with two strikes. Right. But we should not get beaten hitters counts like that. That's kind of one of our philosophies. And again, that might mean different things for different people. Mm-hmm. If a, if a, if a player says, coach, I'm looking breaking ball here in this situation, one, one, I'm looking breaking ball. Okay. That's a plan. Just make sure you stick to it. Two, oh, coach, I'm, I'm looking for dead red. Okay. That's a plan. Stick to it. Right. No, don't, don't swing at the slider. That's easier said than done. Believe me, yeah. uh, I know that. That's easier said than done. But you know, just you know, that—that's what's going to help them be successful against those elite arms that we we see on on a regular basis. Because if you just go up there thinking, oh, "I'm going to wait and see if it's a good pitch," well, you know, eighty-five plus is by you by the time you see it. So you better have a better plan than that. Mm, yeah. How has like how has your practice? You know, like you said, with the big jump in velo and and knowing the arms that's come through there, how has your practice changed? Just kind of getting ready for that. Yeah, we uh, so we 
are we might say it's unconventional, but we will have regular BP days. Uh, we will have Velo BP days, and the Velo BP days are they're not comfortable for our hitters, and we are blessed with young coaches that are willing to do that for us. And um, you know, so we will put the L screen and or a machine. Uh, we'll put a, a live coach pitch pitcher fairly close. Uh, and or a machine and either one will ramp it up and I will just tell the guys don't get don't get beat with a fastball and that's obviously in preparation for again some of the arms that we're going to see in our league and um and you know it, it has proven to be effective but on other days we'll say hey we're, we're, we're working breaking balls today you know we hit the guy throwing 93 earlier in the season they're probably going to come with more breaking balls this time around. So let's work on that. Um, so, you know, it, it's, it is dependent on what we think we're seeing that day uh, or, or the, you know, the, the next day, I should say. So it's not the normal, like, here, here's your five rounds right down the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we mix it up a lot with machines, with live arms. Um, we'll put, you know, maybe a pitcher hasn't, um, thrown live in, 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 in a game in a while and we need to get him game reps. So we might put him at the base of the mound. So it's a little bit more below for, for, and then, but it's also live arm action ball is running a little bit more than say a BP pitcher would be. So we, we mix it up a lot on our offensive work um, to, to get ready for game reps. And it, it has helped, I think our guys be better hitters against better pitchers. Um, so, uh, you know, they don't like it at the time. <laughs> sure. They, they really don't. And, um, but I, I tell them, Hey, I don't care if you can go three for four in batting practice. Like I, that doesn't matter to me. Right. We're trying to prepare you for something better. We're trying to prepare you for success when, you know, when it really matters and when people are watching, when college coaches are watching, like that's why we're doing this. So just stick to the plan, you know, work through the Commitment. first yeah, right. Commit. Yeah. Commit to the process, commit to what we're trying to do. Uh, and if you do that success, success will come. Mm-hmm. So BP is a pretty big, pretty big part of your practice. Yes. Yes, it is. Um, so that all just takes time, you know what I mean? Like to have guys out there slinging it, you know, playing live, it just for baseball, you know, it's not the basketball practices. So it just takes time. So I just feel like it's probably a big part of your practice. It is. Yeah. It, it, it takes time. We, um, you know, our, 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 I would say our normal batting practice routine, which involves live, it involves a, so group hitting live. It involves a group getting live base running reads at, at each spot. Um, situationals at first, um, live, live batted ball reads at second at second base and then they'll also get live batted ball reads at third base you work in different reads different outs different situations we have a group at their defensive position getting live reads and or fungos off the um live reads off the bat and or fungos we have a shag group and then we have a, sh- a group getting their work in the cages that would be t work front toss work maybe you know feel overhand live feel swings um as well so you know, we, we got, we got a lot going on during our batting practice and it, it, it'll run 50 minutes to an hour for sure. Yeah. To, to get a good one in 
um, using probably multiple. We got a couple of rubber arm BP throwers that are, that we're blessed to have, and uh, you know, one of the and one of those is lefty. Two of those are righty. So like we have you know both arms throwing BP, so that guys get looks from both sides. Um, so it's you know it, it is a big part of what we do, obviously, and has helped us to to put up runs over the years. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Mm. Awesome. Awesome. Oh man. Super cool. Um dude, buddy, BP. I'm just thinking about BP more. <laughs> it's fun. Um we, we save that for the end of practice because that's the fun that is the fun part. It is it, yeah, that's like it's fun, man. It's definitely yeah. fun. And it, it is like even even the guys and you know, even the guys in the outfield shagging, they like they they like it, they love it. And uh, I, I always tell them actually, um my sophomore year at Maryland, I was an infielder and I was second on the depth chart at like all three infield positions. And one day at practice, I was just shagging the outfield and I was catching everything. And the coach said, think you can play left field? I said, yes. I never played left field in my life. <laughs> I to play. So, and I, I tell them like, you know, even the smallest thing like shagging, if you do it the right way, it can you can find something good will happen because I said this happened that happened to me and we have infielders play off field all the time and I because I always tell them, if you hit if you hit you're gonna you're gonna play you're gonna find a spot that's for I sure I don't care if you've never played outfield in life like we <laughs> can teach you to catch a fly ball pretty easily if you can hit you're gonna play so and and even our pitchers take that to heart they're like shagging the balls hard and catching everything and, <laughs> And uh, so, yeah, it's, it's just like BPs, I think the more relaxed part of practice that guys have fun, move around, fly around. Um, so, yeah, it's, you know, we, we save that for the end usually. Yeah. What do, you, what do you feel like is the best part of your practice? I mean, like you guys don't get as good as you are without just like show. I know you guys are recruit. Don't get me wrong. But every, like your whole conference recruits, you know what I mean? So what are you doing? Like what do you feel like the best thing you do at practice to kind of get these guys where they are? Yeah, Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I, I honestly think it's our defensive side of things. Um, wow, cool. Yeah, we. I've we, heard you know you hear about the hitting. You hear about the pitching. You know you guys know like, but yeah, it's we, we cool, put a, yeah we 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 put a premium on handling the baseball. Um, so we, we practice it a lot. Like I I I I always tell our guys if we give up zero runs we can't lose. Yeah. So, if you get, you know, if you get really good at pitching and, and handling the baseball and catching it and throwing it, like you, you got a good chance to win. If you give up zero runs, you can't lose. If you give up one or two, you're, you're going to win, you know, the majority of your games. So um, from, you know, really from our throwing program into, so we, our, our practices broken down, they do their dynamic stretch or static stretch. They, they do their band works. And then we get into our throwing program and, if they're talking about during throwing program, we'll start over practice. Like it's not, I always tell, I tell campers this, I tell our guys like, it, it's not, it's not a lackadaisical time of practice. That is a time to build arm strength. It is a time to get your arm loose. It is a time to work on position specific exchanges. Uh, and honestly, the ball shouldn't touch the ground. Like that, that should be your goal at this point. Is it happen all the time? No. Should it, is it a good goal? It's a good goal. Um, and obviously, if they're long tossing one hop, and that's that's one thing. But if they're if they're sixty to one forty, one fifty, the ball really shouldn't be touching the ground. If we were going to be really good at handling the baseball, so 
you know, we, we put an emphasis on that and then we get into team defense. And honestly, our team defense is just me trying to put as much pressure on them to handle the baseball in bunt coverages, first and thirds, pickoff plays, rundowns and, and cuts and relays. And if they can handle what I, we, what, if they can handle what we do in practice, whatever comes in the game, 99% of the time, we're going to handle easy. And, um, you know, so, sometimes it goes awry. Sometimes it won't play well. That happened actually in the championship game. So our worst defensive game of the year. Um, but, you know, really, if you take a look at our, our year last year, we were extremely good defensively, like really, really good. Probably the best team that I've ever had defensively um, across the board. Um, and we just, we try to make them uncomfortable in, in our team defensive sessions. Um, and it, it's a, it's a mental thing and a physical thing. If they know our team defenses and what we're trying to execute in each spot, it's going to make it easier to handle the baseball and, and make the right read, make the right throw. Everything will fall into place after that. Um, and then we get into our individual defense. So our outfield coach takes our outfielders. Um, I will take this past year. I took catchers on previous years. I've been working with infielders um, and then our pitching coach takes the pitching pitchers. They work on their, their pickoffs. They work on their bunts infielders get their touches in they go through their routine that they have um catchers like everybody has their preliminary fundamental drills that they do and then every after after that each practice will work on something different um so you know we uh you know our, our practices are pretty lengthy but they're also they're, they are efficient and you know, we can do all of the things that we've been talking about here in about two two and a half hours mm-hmm. uh, so they're lengthy, right? So like a, an eighth grader coming in, one of our first practices, they're, they're maybe dragging the first, you know, couple practices and getting used to things. But um, so I, I think that's probably where we put the most emphasis on our on our team is handle the baseball, right? Pick it up, throw it across. Like if we are if we are really good at the fundamental, we're going to be hard to beat. We have really good pitchers. So you know, if we throw strikes, if we make the routine plays in the infield. If we catch the ball when it's in the air, um, if we get the first out on a double play ball, like if we do all those fundamental things defensively, we're going to give up those zero one, two runs. And we're going to have a chance to win a lot of games. If we couple that with the offensive work that we do as well. For sure. You talk about putting pressure on your, on your defense. Like you try to put as much pressure on the team defense as possible. How do you do that? Like, what are you simulating there? So our our outfielders will be our base runners for, okay. for team defense. And so we'll work on, again, we'll work on multiple things. Our offense, and sometimes we'll mix in some uh, secondary infielders uh, into the base running. And so we'll work on our first and third defenses. Okay. Um, we'll work on, you know, early breaks. We'll work on double steals. And ask the defense to respond to what our, our base runners are doing. Um, so, you know, pitchers will have to react to things. They have to field bunts, pitchers, catchers will, you know, run backside picks. They'll have to call verbals to third baseman and pitchers of where to go with the baseball. So, you know, and, and our, our outfield coach, who's also our first base coach, he, he does a good job of uh, kind of riling up our outfielders and, and, he tells them, do not let them tag you out. 
rundown. Don't let them tag you out. First and third offense, don't let them throw you out. So our it's actually a point of pride for our outfielders to make the defense look bad because that's what we want them to try to do. Um, sometimes they succeed, right, or especially early in the year. Um, but to, and, and I tell our guys, hey, if we get five in a row, we're done. Like To me, you've accomplished what you're trying to accomplish. So we don't mm-hmm. run them over and over and over again. We eventually get to a point in our in our season where I say five in a row and we're done. So some days – it might team defense might take 10 minutes. Some days it might take an hour, but I tell, I always tell them, Hey, you guys are determining how long this is. Not me. You get five in a row. We're moving on. Right. But if we're not handling the baseball, clearly we have some underlying issues that we need to get better at. Yeah. That's what I was wondering. I was wondering, is it, is it, is it always five in a row? You kind of start there. We don't start there. Some, when we start the season, it is more, time base like i will set okay. aside 15 to 25 minutes just yeah and because i want to at that point we're still implementing you know you got sophomores who are on varsity the first time so you're still implementing things and going over who's supposed to be where uh what the play's trying to accomplish why we're doing what we're doing but once that is all known by all coaches and all players now it's about showing that you can execute it so if you show me you can execute it and you execute five different team defenses in a row, we now we can move on. So, you know, early April, that's usually when I'll throw down that, hey, let's get five in a row. Let's get seven in a row. Maybe, you know, just depending. But when we get into, you know, late April, early May, it's like, hey, show me five in a row and we're, we're, we're moving on. Mm-hmm. Okay. Very cool. Very cool. Awesome stuff, man. We're just rolling here, man. This is great. Um, love all just all the cool baseball stuff, man. Um, just uh, shoot, cause it's already been over an hour. We've been sitting here over an hour now, just talking baseball. I know, it's freaking great. wild, man. It is great. Um, oh man, base running. Um, you had mentioned about um. I mean, you kind of segmented practice within like your team defense, your position stuff. Will your base running stuff, you know, because like you said, you've got guys that can burn it. And then, you know, so teaching, putting your base running as part of your BP, is that is that the time you teach it like during your BP session or is it lead up to then now it's part of BP? Um, so it, it depends on what we're trying to accomplish. So if it's if, so the live reads part of, of our base running is during BP. Okay. Um, if we are focusing on things like dirt ball reads, um, uh, you know, turns, reading coaches at third base, uh, that'll be something that we do at the end of practice, just f- solely focusing on that. Um, steel breaks, things of that nature. Um, so, you know, much like everything else I've talked about, base running, base running to me uh, is very, very important. But I actually elevated a little bit with our guys because I, I tell them base running is one of the few things in the game that you have 100% control over, right? Like you, you, you can't control if you hit a ball hard at somebody. You can't control what the pitcher's throwing you. You can't control where the ball's hit. You can't control how hard the ball's hit at you. But the one thing that you can do is control how you base run 100% of the time, how hard you run, your reads. Um, 
you know, we put an emphasis on, you know, the extra 90. So I always tell our guys, like, we are running until the other team does their job and stops us. It's not the other way around. Like, we're not just going to first base and then seeing if we can go to second base. Like, we are going to second base out of the box until the left fielder catches the ball cleanly, sets his feet, and makes a good throw into the infield. They have stopped us. Now we'll get back to the back. But we're always thinking about the next base. So, you know, there, we talk about the philosophies at the end of practice, what we're trying to accomplish, um, you know, with our turns, what we're trying to accomplish with our leads, uh, we're trying to accomplish with our dirt ball reads. Um, so that, that, that mentality, we kind of tend to focus on that at the end of practice. Um, the, the reads off the bat is obviously things that we can work on. We can really only work on during batting practice. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's understandable. Oh, shoot, man. That was awesome. If, if, if people want to like talk more baseball, cause we can sit here and talk a lot more. Or get into more some of the BP stuff thing you're doing. What's the best way to maybe reach out and contact you to talk more some more baseball? Uh, they can, they can email me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I gave you one email. I'll I'll, I'll give you another one uh, too. Okay. It's, it's 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 Coach Palumbo, a s h s at gmail dot com. Yeah, ASHS. So Archbishop Spalding High School, but ASHS yeah. at gmail.com. Very cool, man. Just like finishing up, man, just like as we go here. Um, like what like any kind of final thoughts that you kind of have, just kind of as we've I mean, we kind of went like kind of full like we we talked a lot, man, like. It was we just rolled since we get like from culture and you know your 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 three C's and now all the way talked them got into base running like specific things or even just like our defensive progression like you kind of got in all that like what kind of final thoughts do you have like maybe like something we might not have hit on or like maybe reviewing or just kind of I don't know just thinking about just like your final thoughts of the stuff man. Um, I, well, it's obviously we are very passionate about this game to 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 sit here and and talk for an hour about you know how we do things and just go back and forth and um, just, I, I think there's a lot of good resources out there for people to learn from a lot of great people. So, you know, anything that I talked about today, like it's not like I invented it. It's, you know, it's, whether it's the approach, whether it's things I mentioned in base running, like I didn't go into too many specific specifics, but it's, you know, I, I learned these from other coaches. My dad was a college coach. I was blessed to grow up in a, you know, household to where I was going to a college practice from the time I was six to 10 years old. Like it's, uh, so, you know, as a coach, what can you learn today? Like what, what can you learn from somebody else? It might be Nick Saban talking about football, but I can, I can learn from Nick Saban coaching football. Right. I, like, I love watching video clips of him. I love watching video clips of Kobe Bryant talking about his work ethic and, and kind of how he expected things from uh, his, his teammates uh, for them to be great. So um, I, I just, just in terms of coaching and even players, if you're, if you're listening, like don't, don't get so caught up in, I have to listen to this baseball coach. Like there's a lot of great people out there. We talked about it a little bit with, uh, you know, multi-sport athletes, yeah, yeah. just, just learn, learn as much as you can about what it takes to be, really good at what you want to do 
and you know, if it's baseball, great. But one of my favorite things about this game is if you put the work in to be successful at baseball, taking that same mentality, you're going to be, you're going to be successful in whatever you you end up doing in life or you decide to do in life. And I'll be honest, that was one of my, one of my proudest moments as a coach. One of my seniors this past year, he's like, coach, you know, I, I love, I love playing for you. He's like, I, I know I didn't play that much, but you, you like taught me how, if I want to be great at something, how to approach doing it. I'm like, yeah, thank you. Like that's such a mature way of looking at it. And I think as coaches, we just need to understand that we're having a really big impact on these kids, whether they're starting every day uh, or whether they're, you know, the, the 20-foot guy on the roster. And um, just under, understand that um, with the way you are teaching things and how approach how you're approaching your, your players and your team. Coach Joe Palumbo from Archman Spalding just – Loving the conversation. Loved how we just hit the hit the ground running, man. Went over a ton of baseball stuff. There's just some conversations you just you just get right into it, man. We were we just speak the same language, uh, same philosophies. Just loving how he talked about living his principles. You know the character, the commitment, the championships. Those are all things that he just trying to live in his own life because leadership right now. Leadership is not about something that's said. You know years back. 20, 30 years ago, you could say it, but not walk it. You have to walk it. Kids are going to see right through it. You're going to get more buy-in. You're only the best coaches are living what their standards. They're living their standards. That's exactly what Coach Palumbo talked about within his character, with his commitment and his champions. Living his life, trying to do the very best he can. We're all not perfect. We're not trying to, but at least that these are the same things. If it's important for us to live it, knowing that that's how the kids should live it. And that's the standards that we're going to provide. That's what exactly he's talking about. So can't thank him enough for that very, very valuable information. Can't thank the guys, Will Mine and Nending Pros guys, man. Check those guys out. Uh, be sure that you check out Coach Palumbo as well. Feel free to email them at coachpalumbo, A-S-H-A-S, at gmail.com. Coachpalumbo at A-S-H-S at gmail.com. Archbishop Spalding High School at gmail.com. Um, great follows on Twitter. Check those guys out. Um, they continue to do it the right way. They continue to be ultra competitive in a crazy competitive league, crazy co- talented league. And uh, just really, really excited to have this conversation with him and looking forward to the next time we get to talk some good baseball. So it's a great baseball conversation. Love the good talking to great baseball guys and Coach Palumbo. Was that dude? So, again, Coach Plumbo, appreciate you. Appreciate you guys hanging on with us. Feel free to reach out with any questions, guys that you think might be great guests for the show, as well as anything that we went over that maybe you have a question about. We're happy to talk about it, happy to help. It's exactly what this is for. So, the guys that are learning to grow the game, make the game better, leave it better than we found it. So, thanks again for everything. Keep getting better.